going on, everybody? Happy Friday. It's me, Logan, and of course, I'm sitting here across from Danny. What's up, man? Hey, man. Thank you uh, again for doing this for us, and uh, we have a great, great host today. We do. Uh, I think I look at this guy like a mentor. Uh, I think um, he's doing a phenomenal job in the community, and I'm just so, so grateful to have you, Gabe. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Good morning to everyone. What's up, Gabe? How are you, man? Happy holidays. Good, good. Thank you. Happy holidays to you, too. Thank you. Gabe, could you tell our audience a little bit of uh, who you are? Yes, yes. Uh, so, uh, Gabriel Baca, and I'm from Mexico City, and I'm the interim president and CEO of the Georgia Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I've been doing this for, I guess, a couple of years, and, um, you know, happy to, to serve the community and help Hispanic businesses, small Hispanic businesses, and their families grow. Nice, nice. Gabe, you know, I... I know what the Chamber of Commerce is because, you know, we've been around it for a long time and we, you know, my story, I said it in the podcast before, uh, but I was surprised this week. I've asked a few millennials and I was like, do you guys know what the Chamber of Commerce is? And none of them had an idea what the Chamber of Commerce is. It's like, it's the word Chamber of, the words Chamber of Commerce it's not very clear in their mind. So how could you explain it to a millennial? What is the Chamber of Commerce? I, I think that's a fabulous, fabulous topic because chambers don't exist for the millennials and they should not exist. And it's my opinion. Also, the chamber is, is a concept that is very, very, very old. Mm-hmm. And a chamber, when you hear a chamber for all the people that have businesses, they want to belong to a chamber, quote unquote. Yeah. And, and now let me go into Latin America because I'm from Mexico City, as I told you. You are, when you open a business, you are forced, mm-hmm. forced to belong to a chamber of commerce. Same thing in Colombia. Yeah. Bogota Colombia, all Latin America. Here in the United States, it's not. It's optional. You have to, it's optional. You have to pay your thing. But let me explain. The millennials are doing business differently. Okay. They don't rely on chambers anymore. And that concept has to change. And I truly believe, because I've received, I've been talking to a lot of millennials. And they say, well... What is this thing about the chamber? What do you guys do? How can you help me? They're doing their own thing, which I think chambers like ours, the Georgia Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and other chambers should adapt to those ways of millennials. And that's when, again, it's like diversity. You bring in millennials into the fold of a chamber to, tr- to, to transform it. Now, this is crazy to me. I, I'll be <laughs> honest with you. I ch- it's the first time I've heard you say something like this. And I, I'm a little bit in shock to hear the interim <laughs> president and the CEO say that the chamber is an old school way. Now, what is in the future for you? What do you advise, uh, you know, somebody that a millennial like myself, like Logan here, what should we do if we want to join this chamber? What do you think is going to change? What is the future for this? Yeah, so, so, so great, great, um, great question. So we have to look at number one, we have to look at our audiences. Who is our target audiences? We got the corporations. They're going to continue to do business with their logos and, and, and their sponsorship money because they want to help the community. So that money will continue to be, be coming in. But the truth is we could do it the way we want to do it and we could offer them. It's up to us because they rely on us how to get their message out to help the community. And they want to help businesses. So are they going to help the regular traditional business? They're helping all these new entrepreneurs. And who are the new entrepreneurs? Most of you are the young millennials, see? So what are we doing different? Absolutely, great question. We're going to continue to offer. Even though you're a millennial, even though you're a new business, you have to continue to offer education. 
Yeah. Everybody needs financial planning. Everybody needs how to do a business plan. Everybody needs how to do a marketing plan. You have to have that, a strategic plan. That's no different. And then you have to have, have to offer capital. Yeah. So how are you going to be capital ready? So that will not change at all. It's, so the, way the, it's the way you do it is in, what in, really different. In millennial talk, you're yes. going to help us get some money. Yes. <laughs> you're going to help me figure out what the hell I'm doing with my business. Yes. And you're going to help me sell it. It's the networking. That's with where you networking. have to sell it because you cannot. That exists in relationships all over, regardless if you're a millennial or not. You have to have those relationships Got it. because the relationships is where you, I'm going to trust you. You're going to trust me and I'm going to buy from you because yeah. I trust you that you're going to deliver to me what I paid you to do. So that's not going to change. So that's those three things are the perfect way to, to summarize simplify. what it is. Yeah. I, I consider myself very good at that. We, <laughs> I simplify the, the complex language yeah. of different industries good. and different yeah, things. Yeah, you did a great to job. To help the audience understand yeah. it. Yeah. I'll, I'll make it known that I'm actually, I discovered recently that I'm a Gen Z person. Gen Z, you're right. I, I'm right at the cutoff. I was, oh, what, uh, what year were you born? Uh, 91. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Folk now. Um, I was born in 96, and I'm right on the cutoff, so I am actually a Gen Zer, which is horrible. And then you're a, you're you're a millennial. I am a millennial. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Now, after millennials, what is it? Gen the, the Gen Z, Z guy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. See, so if millennials the don't Gen know Z. what the Chamber of Commerce is, we then I really Gen don't. Z. Now, now, now <laughs> the, you're, you're exactly right. When you speak to a millennial, that whole concept of a, of, of a chamber you know, you have, that's why we have, and this is important. That's why we have Hispanic and professionals and entrepreneurs, which is the millennial group of our chamber. Yeah. And they're called hype. Mm -hmm. The name is cool. They get together. It's cool. They got 21 to 35 year olds. They get together. They're part of our chamber right. and we support them. I support them. We give them money. We get them leadership. We give them some ways to do it, but we tell them do it your way. Mm -hmm. See? That's the good part. Just to your point. And let's give a shout out here to the founder of Hype, Miss Juanita Vélez. Absolutely. Who is an, an amazing woman. And I know that she's going to be even bigger than what she is right now in the industry and in the state of Georgia and maybe even nationwide. You know, uh, Juanita, if you're listening to this, shout out to you. You're doing great. things. Absolutely. Keep doing Fantastic it. that she founded this thing. And we supported it at the chamber, and especially now that um, you know that we got new leadership at 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 the hype. hype who, who is the new hype? Alex president? Villanueva. Alex the, from, from Alex Villanueva from EY just started, along with Ana Urrego. Okay, they're yeah, the two new Ana. leaders. Ana, we've been working they're on the, some projects. They're the two new leaders, and they are just grasping this thing and creating programming. And what are we going to do about adulting? And they already have political stuff going on there. They do the traditional stuff like I talked to you about. Mm -hmm. Business planning. You have to do those things. But it's a different way of doing it. So nice. I love it. I love nice. it. Nice. Well, shout out to that. Millennials, don't run away from the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> don't run away from these situations. I think... Uh, I'm giving you my advice as a millennial, stick around and literally go there, physically go there and ask for some help. They'll be willing to help. Uh, so that's amazing. Gabe, I want to I want to rewind real quick before we sure. uh, talk more about what's going on present day with COVID and everything. I want to ask you, uh, how'd you get to where you're at? Give me give me a short oh. little origin story. What was your very, very, very even going back to high school, maybe middle school? What was your first job ever? You know, um. I always knew what I wanted to do. Really? Which is fortunate. A lot Very. of people don't know. I knew that I wanted to be in sales and marketing. Okay. 
So my first job, my first job, I couldn't even drive. I was 11 years old. And I went and bought a wholesale eggs in Mexico City. Oh, that's I awesome. A box of 360 eggs. And I said, hey, and I got my friends together. I said, hey, we're going to go sell eggs house to house by the dozen, and we're going to make this amount of profit. Door to door, baby. That's amazing. Door to door. I love that. On that's our awesome. bicycles. If you ever want to learn how <laughs> to sell, get to we, door to door. We, 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 we sold our first box because my mom took us to buy this box because nobody would drive. We were 11, 12 years awesome. old. We started doing that. And I said, hey, this works. And then my second job is uh, I went downtown and there was a Christmas cards. You know, Christmas cards is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So we went downtown. We got this whole album and we went door to door to sell oh Christmas gosh. cards with their names. And then my friend and I would go downtown on the bus. We pick, we did the orders. They print them and we come and deliver them. So my house, they were knocking on the door of my house all day long. Kids everywhere because I would have sales, sales, yeah, sales, sales reps. kids, sales reps. <laughs> I had sales reps at that time. And I was, I, I think I was like 13, 14 years that's old amazing. and I was already having sales reps selling Christmas cars all over, all over the neighborhood. That's wow. So that's amazing. That's, that's amazing. 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 So fast forward a little more out of, uh, kind of when you're a young adult, what was your first kind of like, I don't want to call it a real job, but yeah, what was your first yeah. like big boy career move? You know, um, I, 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 I I, w- I grew up in wa- in Washington D.C. Okay, w- when I was a kid, and with my dad worked for the United Nations, and I w- we went back to Mexico City, and uh, I started doing my my high school there, and then I did college, and I always had that entrepreneurial spirit, always, always, always. What'd you go to college for? Um, at business, business, business. So I did business, but I always started to work. So I started working for a for a seminar company, admit you know seminars of of education. Okay. Financial education, this, in, in, in um, that was my f- real first job during college, right. and then from there I went to work for a a company that did the distribution of houseware products. So we sold to all the supermarkets, okay. all over all over all over Mexico, and I had like twelve, fifteen sales reps, quote unquote, yeah. all over, and I travel all every state in Mexico I know, and one day. You know, I was married at the time, and it occurred to me to say, you know what, I really don't feel, I'm not, this is not my country. I'm serious when I'm telling you. Okay. Even though I was born there. Yeah. But remember, I grew up in, in Washington, D.C. I feel like that with Columbia sometimes, so I understand. You say, I, I, this is just not me. So <laughs> what I did, I did a radical move, radical. I sold everything I had, cars, furniture, everything, got some cash, got some suitcases, and I moved to Chicago. Wow. Do you regret it? Absolutely not. I love what I did. That's amazing. Amen. And I started a business there. So what I did was very radical, and I opened a business of import and distribution because all the stuff that we'd sold in Mexico, I called all the factories, and I said, hey, I'm going to buy from you. I'm going to buy from you. I knew them all. And I started importing. I found a warehouse in Chicago, and then I found reps. I, I, I had the business model. Yeah. I had the reps. You had the I knew how to do it. And then they, I started selling all over Chicago and all over the United States. That's amazing. And how long did that venture last? Uh, about 15 years because I found a partner. I had warehousing. We got employees and all that. So, yeah. But what's important about this is the how, 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 how does this all play into the into – the, um, the part of entrepreneurship to, to corporation and how I went into the Hispanic chamber yeah. 
yeah. is because when I did all this work, our, my financial partner, he, he pulled out because he said, hey, I'm going to retire. So we had no more money. I had no more money. I had the okay. know-how. I had the brains, but I didn't have no money. Mm-hmm. So I went into consulting, and I started consulting the Indiana Department of Commerce, and I opened up the Mexico City office for trade. Wow. And that's when UPS came knocking on my door and said, who's doing all this stuff? Who's doing all this work with Mexico? I want to find that guy. So a guy traveled over <laughs> to, to, to Indiana because I lived there and okay. I had my warehousing there. And he hired me on the spot. He said, wow. I want you to do what you're doing here. I want you to do it for, for us at UPS. Okay, I got wow. a question there that just I have to ask you. Sure, this. sure. You, you call yourself an entrepreneur from the get-go. From day one. And I think you're smelling where I'm going with this. After you call yourself an entrepreneur, and, and I'm telling you this from an entrepreneur perspective, how hard or how easy it was to look at UPS in the face and say, employ me. Okay, that's, that's a very good question because as an entrepreneur, I had many businesses. Right. I've just talked to you about this these two small businesses, but I had a retail furniture store i had um i was involved with distribution of warehousing already of of houseware products i mean i was already in a lot of businesses like like what entrepreneurs are and i knew what it was but what i did find is that when ups came knocking on my door i said i got a lot to offer and i'm gonna i want to offer in a massive scale to more people yeah. than just what I was doing myself. That's when I made the decision. There's resources here. I could do logistics. I'm good at sales, and I'm going to go do this job. That's amazing. How did your ego balance with uh, the whole mindset of having a boss? Yeah, I was going to ask. It was very difficult, and let me tell you why. Because I had another crisis, like I had crisis in Mexico during my, my period at, at, uh, at, at, at corporate job. Because, you know, this company is over 100 years old, very, very conservative, very traditional, and everybody looked the same. You know, you see the drivers, everything is signed. It's, it's a great company. I love my company. It's still my company. Mm-hmm. But I had a crisis because it wasn't really me. Like what I had in Mexico. Yeah. When I said, this is not my country. Well, this is not really me. Hey, I'm I'm Latino. I'm from Mexico, and I, you know, I had the suit and the tie, and I visited customers. Yeah. So at that time, I went to the UPS Foundation and said, "Hey, what do you got? What are you guys doing for Latino work?" Well, we're sponsoring the, the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I said, "What is this place?" So I invited me to the first gala, uh, and I said, man. "Wow, this is me." Which one was it? What gala? Wow, this is maybe 16 years ago, man. Oh, wow. So long. Wow. Here in Georgia? Yeah, here in Georgia. Wow. This is probably 16 years ago when I they went, said, hey, there's a black tie. You want to go? I said, sure. Since you're involved with the Latino thing, why don't you go there? I went there. I came out. I said, holy, I want it. I want this. Yeah. That's when it, it just, they, oh, now that's it's you. me. That's me. Mm-hmm. Still working for the corporation. Now this is me. And that's when I got started. That's, that's incredible. Amazing. I could listen to you talk for hours about your star. This is really good stuff. Thank you. Yeah, man. Um, transition into, let's go present day now. It's 2020. We've got the election. We've got COVID. We've got everything. How has 2020 in general affected the way that you work and just the people around you and the commerce in general? Like, 
how has 2020 like affected business? Well, very broad. But. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. That's that's a great question. And, and the, the Latino community has been devastated, as mm-hmm. you know, all the way around devastated. However, um, those businesses that were able to transform are the ones that are are, are, are doing well, or at least uh, maintaining their employees, maintaining their businesses. And that's the key is transformation. So what we did is help a lot of other businesses, some of our sponsors, to say, you have all these businesses, or let's say there's, there's a big company that, that's a sponsor of ours that has a lot of tenants, over 200, 300 tenants. What they did is they, they put a plan together to help their own tenants to open and reopen. And that's what we did, the same thing. Why are you not open? Well, because I have this fear, I have this. Okay, I'll help you. So our chamber, we converted to be that type of person or that type of speaker that we got in because we did like one seminar or one Facebook Live and Zooms every day. Mm-hmm. We transformed ourselves to, to be the voice. Come on, guys. I know, I know it's difficult. It's so difficult for all of us. Stay out of that. Get out of that, that back corner in that room. Mm-hmm. Get out of your living room. Go open your business. You got, them you got employees. Yeah. And that's what we did. So you got the, the transformation, but you have to look at the business. To, what are you doing different? You can't go back to the same stuff. That's your core business, but you have to find what else to do to transform it into now, what it is. Following to that is, what, what is something that, put it, put it in this perspective. I, you have a daughter and a son, correct? Mm-hmm. All right. So Yes, I do. Let's imagine, let's play a game here for a second. Let's imagine that your son is a little bit older. How old is he? 26. All right. Let's say he's 36, okay? And he's going through a struggle with COVID in his business. He says, let's say he's, he's got a business. And you, you see that he's nervous, that he's scared, that he's not doing so well. He's a Latino. He's in Georgia. He's in our community. He's part of our community. What is something that you would tell the Latino community, even if it's your son, that they don't want to hear that they have to do? Ese regaño, like we say in Spanish, you know, that, that call to action, that, that say that, hey, get up and do this. Or what, what, what would be that thing? Well, I, I, I think what I would tell them is there's a way to do it. And listen, I know you're scared. I'll help you. I'll motivate. I'll take you by the hand. Follow me. Not only myself, but anybody around you that knows the how, and they have done it. So that's what I tell them today. There's a way to do to take care of your health, of of, of your, your your customers as well as yourself. There's a way to to continue to get some capital. We did all that work, and that's what I would tell them today. El regaño, get up, like you just said. Yes, get up. But it's not about only getting up. It's how to get up. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's good. Very That's good, good man. Uh, what do you think is the number one unspoken struggle of Hispanic businesses in Georgia? It's education. Education, education, education. Why are they not getting educated? First, second generation. They open their businesses, and they believe that those businesses, just like in other countries, you could make it. Do you think it's an ego thing? 
it's a little bit about that, but more than that, yes, there's a lot of ego in the in the in in in, in you know I'm from Mexico, the machismo part, yeah, you know that part. It's all in Latin America. I, it is, but you have to remember, you have to open. You got so many resources, so many, and they're free resources. Not only Hispanic Chamber, but they're the SBA score. I mean, there's so much. You just have to go out and open your, open up, to listen. And, and be educated to run your business. You can't run it by every day. You're, you're not going to be competitive. You're going to run out. You're going to grow to a certain level, and you're not going to scale to be that million-dollar business with employees and grow f further and further if you don't have the know-how. You have to have that. So that's the number one struggle. Wow. Man, I, I want to know. So we talked about your origin. We talked about your first job. We talked about where you're at now. I want to ask you, what is your absolute money doesn't matter dream job? Where would you picture yourself and be the most happy? Wow. I don't think I've ever been asked that, but that's a great question. <laughs> I love that question. I think that, that anywhere that I could serve the most masses of people that I can to give my, my, my counseling and knowledge and experience that I have, you know, I'm, I'm ready to, to do that. And that would be the greatest area. I'm really good at organizing and planning. And, you know, I, this chamber went through a crisis. And, and I was there. Mm -hmm. And, I, and I'm, I was able to manage that crisis. That's like a third crisis. I'm really good at crisis management. Yeah, work well under pressure. Yeah. I'll call you if there's ever a kitchen fire. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think from that area, uh, there, there are uh, obstacles. And, and I love obstacles because they're learning. Every time there's an obstacle, nobody likes obstacles and nobody likes all that. But I, I think obstacles, you want it when there's an obstacle, you say, yes, let's, I'm going to take this obstacle and I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to manage it. I always say, if you have a problem, find yourself a bigger problem. There you go. Find yourself a <laughs> bigger yeah. one. So, so, the, so the dream job is to be able to have the... The, the broadcasting, the help, and the support that I could do for anybody that wants to listen. Wow. Now, and this is a question that we forgot to ask in the beginning. Okay. A little bit of an alternative question here. In what of all of your jobs did you make the most money? <laughs> oh. <Okay. laughs> well, at, at UPS, yeah. UPS? Yeah, UPS is... is was, it a, was it like a yearly thing or just in the long term? No, the there was money. there were some years that were just tremendous when we were a private company. Yeah. Oh, they were tremendous. Bonuses and things oh like yeah. that. Yeah. And then we went and then we went public, and then when we went public, our stock doubled, and it's just just a lot. These companies are are very very generous companies. Yeah. But you have to work very 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 hard. You have to fit in. You have just like every 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 job you fit in. Yeah. But I think that. When people ask me, well, I deserve this, this position. I want that position. I want to be an owner. I said, you always have to be prepared. Wherever you're at today, you have to have that step, three steps ahead. Mm -hmm. Always. To be that, do your job today, it's not enough. Mm -mm. Doing your job today is, is good. Did you guys hear that, both of you yeah. guys? <laughs> but you have to do more than just what your regular job is. Sure. Yeah. Or else you're not going to be considered yeah. for anything That's true. at all. So you have to go further than that. Just enough is never enough. Yeah. Correct. It's never enough. I want to know also, man, 
you, um, oh man, I lost it. That's the worst. <laughs> uh, when you, um, oh, got it. You, uh, you, you said you, you like to serve, you like to counsel. You're a great advice. I can tell you're a great advice giver just by listening to you for the past 20 minutes. Uh, what would you do? Uh, what kind of advice would you give a young man or woman uh, that is thinking about quitting their full-time job, their full-time salary, well-paying job in order to pursue their passion? What, what kind of, would you tell them to stay comfortable in that salaried position or would you tell them to get out and go get it? I think, I think they should try. Not try. I think they should do it. I ask, I've been asked many times questions during COVID, not COVID, economic crisis. When is the right time? Mm-hmm. It's always the right time. It's always. Always is the right time. It doesn't matter. So if you have that salary, you have that, you have those side hustles, get it going. Get it going. It's going to be not going to be easy. You're going to have your weekends. Get it going. Ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Always get it going now. Because, again, as I told you, the concept of being comfortable, you have to do more than just what you do today. That's it. That is doing two or three things at the same time. Yes, you're going to sacrifice weekends. You're going to sacrifice that. But it's your choice. Nice. You want to have the weekends? Fine. You're not going to pursue. You're not going to grow. You're not going to learn. Sure. And right now is the right time. Mm -hmm. At the beginning is to have those failures. Because you want to fail in order to learn yep. and to grow. Nice. Gabe, what are we going to do with you in the next five years? Where are you going to be? <laughs> what are you going to be doing? Where do you see yourself in five years? 2025. Where, where are we going to find you? Wow. You know, 2025, I'm not going to be in my house in my living room sitting there, by the way. Good. I'm going to be out serving. I'm going to be out helping, supporting. I don't know where that is yet but i know opportunities will come for me to to do that so yes i will absolutely be doing that anything that you want to use this mic for a message that you want to give to the audience well i think that the message is that um get out of your comfort zone it's not easy to do that i like i love comfort zone oh i'm the first one to love comfort zone but i get nervous being in my comfort zone and you want to get out, and you want to try. You, so, so this is one thing I did one year, and I know it's radical, but I did it. I said in January, I said, I'm going to say yes to everything that comes to me. <laughs> A yes, man. The movie, huh? And yeah. I, in terms of opportunities. Right. And people say, what do you mean you say yes to everything? Yes, because you know why? Because I let the universe bring the right opportunities for me. And I did that, and it worked beautiful because I got opportunities that got me out of my comfort zone. I got opportunities that were just tremendous. What if a wrong, a bad one comes? I said, they won't come. <laughs> bad ones are not going to come because you're open for that. So that's what I that's would tell good. people. Say yes to opportunities. I'm going to try next year. Say yes to opportunities. We now, you don't have to do as radical what I did on saying yes to everything. But when you see an opportunity and they ask you for something, explore it. Look at it. Say, yes, I'm going to do that. Why not? Take the leap of faith. Awesome. Awesome. Now, Gabe, did you enjoy today's interview? I loved it. I love talking. I love talking about this. So thank you. And great questions, by the way. Thank you. These are very different questions than the regular ones. All over the place. Thank you. 
but towards <laughs> the same direction. Yeah, thank you. Gabe, thank you so much for being here to take time of your busy schedule to be here. I know it's busy during the holidays especially, so we really, truly thank you for being here. Thank you, Logan. Um, and everybody else, uh, quick reminder, follow along on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever you listen, we're there. And uh, we hope everybody has a great rest of their week and weekend. Before we go, Gabe, one last thing. Okay. If you can please recommend us to somebody, a listener that might be at the caliber that we're looking for to teach and give value to our audience, what would you say to them? Would you invite them over? Would you tell them that this is a good experience? Actually, I have probably, if you ask me, I'll, I'll recommend two or three people that, that should be here at this mic wow. talking nice. about, you know, especially a Latina a Latina entrepreneur. Latinas are amazing. Yeah. I love their, their power, their strength. They have a lot to say to encourage more Latinas or more women to, to get into the, to all entrepreneurship and professional. Beautiful. Thanks, Gabe, again. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, you, Gabe. Thank you.